0: If you do have your Bibles and you'd like to keep those on Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to be preaching and teaching from Ephesians chapter 4 as we begin uh, last week and as we continue today, the idea of reaching those that you love most and talking about how we can communicate best with those that we love. Now, I had a passage of scripture last week, one to remember, something that you can remember and something that you can memorize if you're interested in being a, a part of that. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, and then I really wanted to emphasize that last phrase, and if you guys would please say it with me full of grace and truth. We talked about how last week in so many ways, we often try to be full of truth, but not full of grace or full of grace, but not full of truth. Jesus showed us that it is possible to be full of grace and truth at the same time, but it is a supernatural thing. So let's go to our next slide. Very quickly, I talked about crucial conversations and a crucial conversation is defined as one that has opinions that vary, where there are high stakes, and emotions are running strong. And so you can go back and listen to this. I'm not gonna spend too much time, but anytime there is a conversation that's happening when opinions are varied, stakes are high and emotions are running strong it is a crucial thing that you do the communication well and have the conversation in a positive way now I want to share this quote with you guys from this book one more time crucial conversations let's go to our next slide Here is our audacious claim, the law of crucial conversations at the heart of almost all chronic problems in our organizations, our teams, or our relationships. It's because they lack crucial conversations, ones that are not being held and ones that we're not holding well. And so I encourage you, if that is something that you know is happening at work or at home or whatever it might be, have that crucial conversation and hold it with a lot of grace and truth at the same time, now I'm going to make sure that this volume is up because I have a really good movie that I want to share with you, and it's a little different because the truth of the matter is, is that most of the movies that I share with you guys, it kind of, it's like a full circle. You know, it, it starts off and it resolves by the end, but this particular movie is a little bit kind of unsettling because it feels, in some ways, that it doesn't resolve. But we're gonna use this, and trust me, there is gonna be a quiz at the end, so you guys pay special close attention, because I wanna make sure that you catch this. This is actually called The Fight, so let's check it out.
1: You come out here to talk about parenting styles? You know we have a sensitive daughter, Jace. She cries when you look at her sideways, never mind the tone of voice you use with her. Sorry I haven't read as many parenting books as you, but maybe she just needs to learn to cope. Not getting to read a book before bed, it's not the end of the world. You use the same tone of voice with me. Sometimes you cry when you don't get to read your Kindle at night. Me, I'm more of a Netflix guy, so it's really not a- Stop! Okay, just stop it. Everything is a joke with you. I feel like we're not communicating anymore. Okay. This is about us. Oh, you, you communicate great. You with know, the way you undermine me, all the time in front of her. In, in front of everyone, for that matter. Our, our friends, our family. You cut my legs off at the knees and it's emasculating. You do that all on your own, Chase. We're supposed to be rubbing off on each other. We're supposed to be finding the good in one another. Yeah. Not just you affecting me. So what am I missing? I feel like, like I'm the one doing all the bending. I, I know how much I've changed what? over the years. could. Are, are you case. kidding me? You're, you're doing all the bending, you are. You used to. When we first got married, everything was just so We were different. We were... We were kids. What are you not saying? I'm just saying... You never want to talk about us. <laughs> well, that's calling the kettle black, isn't it? Coming from the person that makes indirect comments about everything I say and do? Because you're so afraid of conflict? Why don't you just come out and say it? I'm not like you, and that's the problem, right? Well, surely I'm of some use to you. You're not just here for my benefit. I'm here for you, too. I'm just telling you that you could just... And I'm not- telling you I'm not your father. I'm sorry. I, I, I love you. love her daughter I'm not going anywhere but I'm not your dad and I'm being punished for the way he treated you and it's not fair right so I guess I'm just some poster child for daddy issues all in one sentence congratulations I'm glad we got that settled. That's not what I said. You misunderstood me. I'm going to bed. We used to assume the good. We used to... We used to see the best in each other.
0: So that's a pretty rough video to watch because it just feels so real and so raw. I want to talk today about communication because it's incredibly important. And if you're struggling to make sure that you're on the same page with the people that you love the most, whether that's with your spouse or with your kids or even the people that you work with or family, extended family, it's all very difficult and the stakes are high almost every single time because opinions vary. And so we have these crucial conversations that sometimes sneak up on us. Let's talk about some things to learn very quickly, and then we'll refer back to Ephesians chapter 4 that Eric read a little earlier. The letter to the Ephesians is one of Paul's prison epistles or letters. It's considered by many one of Paul's greatest letters, and it's Ephesians if he easily divided into two sections. Chapter 1 through 3 is dedicated to the theology. That's what we believe about God. Chapters 4 through 6 are dedicated to practical living. That's how we live out what we believe about God. And so as we talk about this particular passage of scripture, it's chapter four talking about how you live out what you believe about God. Let's keep moving to our next slide. And as you see here, don't miss this. Every time you speak, you're exercising the power of creation in what you say or what you do not say. You help define what others think, believe, and understand about you. Communication is an incredibly powerful tool, so we have to use it wisely and carefully. And in Proverbs, there are lots of passages of scripture that we have that are just sharing with us how incredibly important it is to do conversation and communication well. Let's go to our next slide as we keep moving. This is the passage of Ephesians chapter 4, and this is verses 29 through 32, the passage that Eric read at the very end. And I want to talk about three things that we see right here about our communication, and then we're going to go a little deeper from what we've learned in what I've learned and crucial conversations that I'd like to share with you. It says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, not yours, but their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. And then it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as, Christ, as in Christ God forgave you. I want to just point out three things very quickly about this passage of scripture. So let's go to our next slide and talk first about our big idea. You must make others feel built up by and safe with you. I'm going to say that one more time. You must make others feel built up by and safe with you. That's how you build that bridge to other people. Now, that is putting the ball in your court because that's exactly what happens in Ephesians chapter 4. God puts the ball in your court that you make the effort, not hope for someone else to feel that way. So we have to be be making sure that others are feeling built up by and feeling safe with each one of us. So let's go to our next slide. Here are those three things about our communication. First of all, it should build up others. We've already kind of talked a little bit about that, but you can see it here. It's helpful for building others up. The second thing is that we go to the next slide is, it should be a matter of dependence, and this is really important. You and I have to depend on God, and for his help, it's the thing that's actually going to change us, because for most of us, we just simply do what comes naturally, and then we wonder why we don't get supernatural results. You guys understand what I'm saying? That's how it is for most of us. We just do what comes natural, and then wish for supernatural results. Instead, what we should be doing is saying, God, I can't do this right without your help, without your insight, and without me getting out of my own way a little bit. You guys understand what I'm saying? Because the truth is, is that most of us don't do communication very well. And so here we are reminded in that passage of scripture at the very beginning to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. We've got to put on a new way of communicating with other people that doesn't depend on our natural way, but the way that God would have us. And then also in verse 30, it says, hey, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you are sealed. What is he saying? It seems out of place. He's reminding us that the Holy Spirit will guide you if you will allow it to happen. So I'm going to slow down for just a minute and remind you that if you are struggling to communicate love to those that you love most, you need to be leaning heavily on the Holy Spirit to guide you in how to say what you're saying. The attitude that you're saying it in, the words that you're using, it is absolutely critical. You can reach them with your words that God gives to you. Let's keep moving here very quickly. Oh, I got, okay, okay, I got to share this. All right, I'm going to tell y'all, this is a joke, okay? For some of y'all, y'all don't hear me uh, telling jokes that often, and I got to tell you, I'm not very funny. I don't say jokes very well, but... Please get ready to laugh because this is a joke that is in this book. Hopefully it will be one that you appreciate. So there is a guy who wrote this down. I'm stealing it from him. He said, I had heard for years about the really mean guy that lived in our neighborhood. He said, but I never choose to judge people without finding out for myself. So I went to the house and I stepped up onto the porch and I knocked on the door of the house of the mean guy in our neighborhood. And I said, Hey, I've heard you're the mean guy in our neighborhood. And he says, no, I'm not the mean guy in our neighborhood. He lives right over there. And I turned and I looked and I said, no, you stupid idiot. That's my house. That's the best laugh I've ever gotten. I just needed to warn y'all that I'm going to, all right, whatever. Okay. So here's what I'm trying to tell you. And here's what I took out of that. Sometimes we don't know how we're coming across. Can I get an amen on that? I'm telling you, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I communicate for a living and then I go home and I fumble through just like you guys do. And I have always been very, very careful to make sure that you know that at the pastor's house, it's not all sunshine and rainbows. Like Shelly and I fight like real people. And uh, Shelly and I have been married for 32 years and we're still fighting sometimes about the same thing we were fighting when we were 32 months in that we are in 32 years in. Can I get an amen from anybody in the house, right? Okay. Thank you. All right. It's not just me. Definitely not just you. I promise that's me on the other end with you. So as we look and see some of this stuff, We just got to pay special attention here. Let's go to our next slide, and let's go to that third thing. How should we be doing our communication? We should be forgiving. It says that we've got to get rid of these things, but then finally, kind of towards the end, that we're supposed to be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. Now, I want you to listen to me. Most of us think about forgiving one another as being something that you do in the moment of argument. If you understand what I'm saying, give me a head nod. Y'all know what I'm talking about? In the moment of argument, you forgive. That's what you do. Can I tell you that you could forgive people before an argument begins? I'm going to say that one more time and y'all can say an amen. You can forgive people before an argument begins. Amen? Did you know that you and I can treat one another with grace and not even have some of the arguments because we've forgiven them before they even began? That will change your marriage. If you don't hear anything else, I say that right there will change your marriage because the Bible tells us that God forgave us before we even asked. Before we even asked for his forgiveness, he has provided his forgiveness. For us, we try to be like God, but we cannot. It is a supernatural thing for us to look at somebody and say, I'm upset about that, but I also know that that person that lives with me knows who I am and knows that I'm not perfect and they don't tell me every single time that they're upset with me. They've forgiven me somehow before the argument even began. And that can happen in your life as a parent, as a spouse, as a friend, as a son or daughter and on and on and on the list goes. You can forgive before the argument even begins. Now very quickly, I want to keep moving and I want to do this very quickly. Let's keep going. Do you remember what he says. I took three screenshots. I'm going to be sharing those with you. Do you remember at the very end he said, we used to think the best of each other. We used to think the best of each other. Man, I tell you what, if you've been married for a while, that'll kind of choke you up a little bit. Because I remember that I was a lot more forgiving of Shelly's shortcomings than I am now. And that is to my shame. Not that she's Worse, but that I'm worse. And she probably would tell you that she has forgiven a lot of things and walked away from a lot of arguments. I would agree. I don't think that I've changed nearly enough. (laughs) I I, I don't want to go too far down this road, but I remember when you first get into a relationship, as it goes and it grows, it's harder and harder because the difficulties and the problems and the frustrations build on each other. And suddenly a conversation about a child's book being read to them becomes an indictment on daddy issues and emasculation and all that other stuff. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. If you've been married for a while or if you've got kids, I mean, man, You've seen them since they were this high, and some of those problems that they're dealing with are still still dealing with them 18 years, 20 years, 25 years later, and it's hard to just simply let that go. Can I get an amen on some of that stuff? You know what I'm talking about? Amen? All right, just making sure it's not just me. All right, so real quickly, let's talk about this and what you know, communication and what it does well. Let's talk about what we talked about last week. Very quickly, as we look here, this is what we talked about, that we can make an emotional bank deposit now. That means love them before the arguments and love them before the friction comes along. That's why I've got that little dotted line. You can do that right now. Each and every day, you don't have to wait until there's a blow up. But then secondly, we talked about starting with heart to never stop reminding yourself of what you really, really want. Now for me personally, I'm just going to say this. I really, really want my kids to continue to be a part of my life even though they don't have to be anymore. And I want to have a place in their life even though they don't have to let me be a part of their life anymore. That's important to me. And there are subcategories that cause issues and friction. But the overarching thing that is really, really, really important to me is that I want to be a part of their life and vice versa. You guys see what I'm saying? So that's where it begins, you start with heart. The other thing that we talked about was the fight, flight, or freeze impulse, you gotta fight that, and then we reject the fool's belief where everything is you win and I lose, or I win and you lose, it's either or, when it can actually be more than just one or two. And did you see in that video that there was actually a fight, flight, or freeze moment? Did you see it? Think about it, when he said, And I'm telling you, I'm not your father. She got up, and what did she do? That's called flight. Instead of staying and fighting it out verbally, she got up. She walked away. Now, that doesn't always happen. (laughs) Sometimes flight looks like this. I'm not saying another word not speaking another word, eye contact is probably further than I'm going to go. Or if it is, I will give it to you. But if looks could kill, they wouldn't even find your body right now, right? That's the fight, flight, or freeze, right? You've seen that happen. So she gets up and she walks away. I think I grabbed a picture there um, where she just is walking away. She's broken, but she's done and she's not doing any more. Do y'all remember what happened then? He starts out and he goes back to starting with heart. He tries to salvage what was messed up. He said, "I love you." Right? He goes back to trying to start with heart that he did not start with, but it's in the middle he's trying to start over. "I love you. I love our daughter. I'm not going anywhere." He's going back to where he should have begun. That heart from the very beginning that he did not do. Now I'm loving this that I'm judging him because I'm not judging me. But I mean, you know, I get it because that's where we've all been, where we don't start with heart. And he's reminding himself in that moment of what I really, really, I really, really don't want you to walk away. And I really, really want you to know I love you. Let's keep moving. There he is. And he says, I love you. I don't want you to go. Let's keep moving as we go to our next slide. Here is the thing that I want to share. Everything up in the white is stuff I shared with you last week, and I know my time is just about over. This last one is reestablishing safety with the person that you're at odds with. Here's how you do safety. If you don't know, it's always safety first, right? Always safety first. Let's go to our next slide. This can be a reminder for you. Always safety first. Let's go to our next slide as well. And here it is. What is safety? Safety is respect. In this book, Crucial Conversations, he says something amazing. He says you can have a conversation about anything in the world that you want and it will not blow up in your face if there is a very, very clear understanding that you respect them and they respect you. You know what? I actually believe it. Because... There have been people that have said things to me that I knew were coming from a good heart and with good intention for me, even though they were incredibly painful and difficult to hear. How many of you have ever had that happen at least once in your life, right? So why did you not get up and leave? Because you knew that they respected you and you respected them. And so there was something to be learned in the midst of it rather than given up on and walked away from. This is so important. Safety is, it equals respect. In other words, how do you do that? Here's, you begin with, I don't. And then you use, I do. Let me just give you an example. And I'm gonna use my daughter. How about that? We'll just kind of off the top of my head. Babe, listen. I don't want you to misunderstand that I am frustrated with you or angry about lots in your life. I don't want you to misunderstand that you think I hate everything about you. What I actually do want to have a discussion is one piece of what's going on in your life. You're a great kid who's got so much positive going for them, but there is one issue that I, as your dad, have to be the person to talk with you about. You see... I don't want you to misunderstand. I do want to have a conversation. But it's respectful. She hears that I love her first, that I respect her first, and I respect her enough to say you're better than that. You see what I'm saying? Now, this is not me. This is what the book is sharing with you, and I want to do better at this. Safety is respect. And if you're wondering if there is respect in your relationship. I, I, I think this is a great thing. Let's go to our next slide here. <laughs> this is perfect because if you have not thought about it, you've not stopped breathing air the entire time that you were in here, but you probably haven't thought about it until this very moment right now that I'm mentioning it. Because if you have air, then it's not even on your mind. But the moment that you don't have access to air anymore, it is the only thing on your mind. And you can't think about anything else until you get that breath of air. Right? You have to have it. And so if everything that is going on as you're trying to communicate with somebody is telling you, they're focused on everything but what you're actually saying. You know what you're, you're, you need to clue in on? If they haven't fought, fought or f- taken flight or frozen, but they are focusing on every negative thing that they could possibly put together, it is because they do not believe that you respect them or they do not respect you. It is the air that cannot be forgotten until that breath is given. So if you're reaching for somebody and can't reach them, this is your reminder. It begins with respect every single time. All right, I'm just about done. Here's how you keep going here. Let's talk about it. What message are you sending to others when you communicate or don't communicate with them? If you need to reach somebody begin with respect, begin with respect, build that bridge. And if you have had an argument, maybe you need to be the one who says, I don't want you to misunderstand. That argument did not come from a place of hate. It came from a place of love and wanting the best for you. You do know I love you. You do know I want the best for you. You do understand that literally, I I brought you into this world. This is the most important thing in the world to me. Or I chose to be married to you. This is the most important relationship that God has given me. You see how it goes? Don't misunderstand. Do catch on that I love you this much. This is how you reach out and reestablish that connection. Let's go to our final slide. And this is our I apply by. And then I've got a very quick ending. Write in the person that you need to reach. You probably have been thinking about them the whole time I've been talking. And then commit to text or video, you know, shoot a video of yourself and send it. Talk to them, call them, whatever it is. If it's a person or persons, I would not recommend that you have a list of 32 people. I'd begin with two. No more than two. And if you really messed up, begin with that one first. Commit to reaching out to them and reestablishing with them first. And then do that this week. Commit to doing it this week as God is putting it in front of you. Act and move. Let's go to our final slide today. TD Jakes is a, uh, is, is a guy who is a preacher and a teacher from up in, um, uh, up in the Dallas area. And uh, he is a great communicator, there's no doubt about it. He wrote a book called Don't Drop the Mic. And uh, as we talk about dropping the mic, we all know, oh, that's a mic drop moment. You know, it was just so incredible. You know, everything just needed to be said, said perfectly. It's a mic drop moment. We all understand the symbolism. He says in his book, these words, while every time you speak may not be an earth shattering mic drop moment, it can be a completed connection between you and your audience. And then listen to this. Every speaker creates more distance between himself or herself and their audience or closes the gap and bridges differences with their words. Think about that very last part of that quote. Every speaker creates more distance or builds a bridge. So here's what I would say to you. If there is somebody that you love that you need to reach to, this is where it begins. It doesn't begin with undoing years of problems. It doesn't begin with undoing months of problems in a single moment, but it begins with small reaches across the gap and bridging that and bringing them closer and closer and closer until you have reestablished respect and you can make that connection once more and they know that you love them, reaching those that you love the most. Heavenly Father, help us to be as you were. You were a God who came to us, not demanded that we come to you. You were a God who bridged the gap. You were a God who took on the distance and took it on head on and made sure that the distance that was between sinful man and holy God was not in place forever. You kept reaching, you kept searching, you kept pursuing us, and God, we want to say thank you, and we want to be as you were, be people who reach to those that we love the most and do so in a way that shows them the love and the respect that comes from our heavenly Father, and Lord, we love because you first loved us. May it always be so. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone together said, amen.